It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Bill Rossetti from Locked On Panthers on the show today to talk about a team that got as big a facelift as any team did all offseason. A new coach, a new owner, a new quarterback, a new mindset, and a roster overhaul through the draft, as well as some big-name free agents and a couple players who the Packers were interested in in free agency, who were interested in a trade, and who could still be interested in a trade moving forward. And speaking of a trade, and perhaps more specifically speaking of adding talent at receiver, because that is the kind of trade that we're still talking about, the Curtis Samuels of the world. I had a little bit of an outside-the-box idea And this is something that I've been wondering about for a while, and it has been percolating because the NFL has a venue through which the Packers could still get that receiver. A little over a week ago, Yahoo Sports reported that the NFL did not plan to change the rules to the supplementary draft to accommodate school cancellations, and season cancellations related to the coronavirus. This as schools in California, in Washington, in Oregon. I mean, we could be at the, at the place where the Pac-12 will not have a season and let's say the SEC might. How does that affect the way that the NFL draft looks next season? And more importantly, how does it affect the supplemental draft? The NFL supplemental draft is supposed to be for hardships, for special exceptions. And the NFL, a couple players will be in this supplemental draft. It doesn't even work like a normal draft. You bid on players like a blind auction. And the the team with the highest priority, it's like a waiver claim, basically. 
and you don't even know when you make your bid if you're going to get the player. But there are a number of guys who, if the supplemental draft happened, Green Bay could be interested in including some top receiver talent. It still doesn't make sense that Alabama's Devontae Smith decided to go back to school. He would have been a likely first-round pick, could have been someone Green Bay had interested in. If he has a chance to be in the supplemental draft, Green Bay could use a first on him, a pick that conveys next year, in a draft that holds all sorts of untold uncertainty. Uncertainty that could only grow, in fact, in the coming weeks and months. If there is a limited or a postponed or a canceled college football season, how valuable are the draft picks for 2021? Now, you could also risk, in the NFL's case, saying, well, what we're going to do instead is cancel the 2021 draft or modify it in some way, and then you risk losing a 2022 pick or something. These are unforeseen and things you can't really plan for. If you're the Packers, though, and Devontae Smith is someone who you can get for a first-round pick that doesn't convey until next year, and you're getting a top 30 talent, a guy who with another good season could be you know, a top 10 type pick in 2021. If you could get that guy and get him on the field now, imagine how things change for you. And it's not just Devontae Smith. What about Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State? What about Sage Surratt from Wake Forest? What about Tamarion Terry from Florida State? There are talented receivers who could be in a supplemental draft if the NFL were willing to alter its rules. And what's fascinating is I'm not the first person to think of this. NFL teams already were doing it. This is from that Charles Robinson and Pete Thamel report for Yahoo. The NFL has been assuring teams and agents behind the scenes the players expected to be eligible for this year's supplemental draft are those who would be in a typical year with uncertainty hovering around the college football season. The fate of the NFL supplemental draft was a subject of much speculation throughout the football industry. Here is the gold part. NFL front offices had worked ahead in case draft-eligible players like Clemson's Travis Etienne, Ohio State's Sean Wade, and Oklahoma State's Chuba Hubbard attempted to declare. NFL teams were already looking at this. They were already thinking about this. And that says to me that it is not out of the realm of possibility that the NFL could say, okay, well, If the Pac-12 is not going to have football, then those guys should be able to declare. And if those guys should be able to declare for the supplemental draft, is it really fair that in the SEC, those guys can't? Now, that is something that the NFL would have to figure out. But certainly, if you're a draft-eligible player who went back to school, I mean, it still doesn't make sense why ETN went back to school. It still doesn't make sense to me why someone like Chuba Hubbard went back to school. Devontae Smith, obviously, at the top of that list for me. If that changes, Green Bay could be in a position to add a premium asset. And yes, it's the case. Other teams would be potentially interested in a player like Devontae Smith. 
But there are other players, the names I just mentioned, certainly other guys who would be of interest, not just at receiver. You know, if Alex Leatherwood at Alabama declares, Pat Fryermuth at Penn State, Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama, there are a ton of guys like that who could end up being in the supplemental draft if the rules change a little bit. Najee Harris from Alabama. I mean, Alabama could have its own supplemental draft. It really could. So it's not like there wouldn't be other players appealing to teams. And guess what? Everyone just picks somebody. The Packers were basically the only team who decided not to take a receiver from this super deep receiver class. And so they may benefit from an oversupply. All these guys get drafted, and now Green Bay is one of the few teams that would still use premium draft capital on one of these guys. Now, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but there's more than one good player. Devontae Smith is not the only one. Now, of course, all of this requires that the NFL change its rules. But the thing that I can't figure out is why it wouldn't. Why wouldn't the NFL do this? Why wouldn't the NFL want these young, talented players? Now, the NFLPA, I could understand why they wouldn't. The NFLPA is going to be looking at these veteran players on contracts that suddenly look a little bit overpaid if a team can get a guy in the supplemental draft. You can get another, you're basically supplementing your rookie class. So why do I need this expensive linebacker or offensive lineman when I could get a rookie for cheap? The NFLPA may push back on that a little bit. Now, if you're these players and it's looking like you might have no season, why wouldn't you Throw your hat in the ring and go get paid to play football. Go get paid to do a thing you were already going to do for free in order to improve your draft stock. Well, if you can't do it anyway, your draft stock is your draft stock. You can now go to the NFL, get paid, and not worry about your future. It makes sense for the NFL to do it. It makes sense for these college players to do it. And it certainly makes sense for the Packers to look into an option like this and imagine how the narrative changes. If all of a sudden they get Jordan Love and no receiver, then turn that into, oh, actually, just kidding, turns out they were the only team to put in a first-round bid on Devontae Smith, and they have him, or they were the only team to put in a first-round bid on Tylen Wallace, and now they have this player who, okay, maybe he doesn't do a ton in year one, but is ready to go year two, who still aligns not just with Aaron Rodgers' trajectory, but with Jordan Love's trajectory. It's the best of both worlds in that case. And yes, it costs you a future pick, but it's a pick you would have used anyway, probably on a player just as good, maybe worse, and you get that player in 2020 anyway. And speaking of a win-win, Built Bar is the win-win when it comes to quarantine eating. That's right. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. So you get the great taste. You get to enjoy what you're eating. So much of the health food out there is not enjoyable to eat. It is like work to eat. And the last thing you want when you're trying to eat healthy, when inevitably you're depriving yourself of eating the things you want to eat, is work. So give yourself a break and get built bars because they're not only tasty, we're talking chocolate. 
All right, we're talking peanut butter brownie. We're talking mint brownie. We're talking a ton of different flavors to help satisfy that sweet craving while still giving you major protein, low sugars, and low net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order when you use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And if you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place than to do it with the Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technology, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462-769. That's ALPL to 462-769. All right, let's get to my conversation with Bill Rossetti. You can follow him on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Bill, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. Absolutely, Peter. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Always, always a joy to get, to get to chat with you, man. And you as well. There are a few teams that had a bigger facelift in the offseason than the Carolina Panthers. New coach, presumably new quarterback, Cam Newton is not in the picture anymore. Teddy Bridgewater looks like he is going to be, at least in the short term, the face of this franchise at quarterback. So where does this team stand for 2020? Is this a long-term rebuild, or are they expecting to be a good team this year? I think this is a long-term rebuild, Peter. I, I think this is going to take at least a year or two. You know, I'm, I've been targeting like 22 as kind of the year that this team, I think, will get back to back into contention this is this is going to be the year where you have a lot of growing pains um every everybody's got to gel together a lot of new faces like you said new coaching staff new new spots new place or new faces kind of all over the all over the place so i'm really excited to see how all these players develop together i like the potential that's here i like uh i like a lot of the players that they got in free agency and especially in the draft i thought they had a, a very nice draft but with all these new components together uh, and especially with the way the rest of the division really improved uh, this off season, you know, the saints are still there. Obviously the, the Buccaneers look a lot better. The Falcons, I think improved. I, I still feel like this team is probably going to be at the bottom of the division again, but uh, as time goes on, as all these players get more experience, I, I think, like I said, this is a, this is a long-term rebuild, but I think Matt rule is the perfect coach for this type of project with this team. You mentioned Matt Rule and the rebuild here. When David Tepper bought the team, he made it seem like they were going to value analytics and they were going to you know, be a progressive organization in terms of their thinking, the way that they look at the game. Then they they hired Matt Rule and everyone was like, yeah, this is perfect. College guy, he's going to shake up shake up the, the NFL. He's going to shake up the team. And then he's like, well, we want to run the ball. They give Christian McCaffrey the bag. They draft Derek Brown in the top 10 who is not much of a pass rusher but you know can give you something there are they are they really going to be a, an analytically driven team are they really going to be a progressively thinking <laughs> team because it doesn't seem that way at least from the outside right now yeah it, I, I think one of the biggest questions going into the draft too was really who was going to kind of take charge of of this draft right whether it was Matt Rule or David Tepper or even Marty Herney uh, and there was a report that actually came out recently that I found very interesting that 
when the Panthers were sitting at number seven in the draft, when they got on the clock, um, Matt Rule actually wanted to trade down, which I had said for a while through the whole pre-draft process was the direction that I would have went if I'm the Panthers, pick up some more, you know, maybe day two picks and just build this team as, as, as much as you can. But it was Marty Herney that actually wanted to stay at seven and take Derek Brown. Now, I don't know how true this report is and we may never know, but, you know, I found it rather interesting that it seemed like at least in that sense, Marty Herney kind of got the upper hand, especially with Marty Herney only having one year left on his contract and Matt Rule, of course, having the seven years on his contract. So, you know, I don't know if I want to say these guys are butting heads yet, but um, I, I just found it rather interesting that Marty Herney still has some kind of stamp on this team, uh, despite his future looking very bleak uh, as the general manager. I don't want to get too far into this conversation without asking you about Curtis Samuel, because I think my listeners would be mad if I did that. <laughs> uh, he has been a name that Packer fans have targeted going back before the draft, before the Packers decided they couldn't find use for receivers in a historically deep draft class. And one of the reasons is Curtis Samuel is still a name that's out there, uh, a name that has been mentioned as a potential trade target for other teams and a player that Carolina has apparently said can be had for the right price. Mm -hmm. So, Bill, what is the right price? Yeah, Samuel's an, an intriguing figure. You know, I think you could maybe get him for a middle round pick. You know, he's not going to be one of those guys that are going to fetch a high pick, especially with some of the trades we saw this offseason. Right. I mean, you know, for crying out loud, the uh, the Texans only got a, a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, which blew my mind i'm sure blew everybody's mind mm -hmm. so i think you, you probably end in up fairness they got to take on david johnson's massive contract too so oh, yeah that too Ex exactly <laughs> you know so uh round of applause for bill o'brien there <laughs> um but i think it's fair to kind of use that trade as a little bit of a you know we'll say you know an anchor or starting point whatever you want to call it right so yeah. that i think knocks curtis samuel's value a little bit and the fact that, you know, they they have so many receivers on the roster now that teams kind of know that he might be on the chopping block. You know, I kind of equated to the whole Cam Newton deal where teams knew that the, the Panthers were just going to release him if they didn't find a trade partner. So who was really going to give up that much ammo for Cam Newton, especially one as injured as he is? You look at a guy like Curtis Samuel, he hasn't had that breakout season yet. You know, he's still kind of been inconsistent so is he really going to fetch more than say a fourth round pick especially when you get to when you start looking at next year's wide receiver class in the draft and that's going to have a lot of star power as well i mean you've got the two the two kids out of alabama you've got sure. uh rashad bateman of minnesota rondale moore of purdue there's gonna be a lot of good guys coming into the league in next year's draft so i really don't think it's going to take too much so you know if the packers want to flip say i don't know fifth round pick for example, maybe that might get it done. Well, if, if that does happen and Green Bay was not strongly linked to a trade like that, I think Packer fans will will out and out riot. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, hopefully that's not the situation. I, I'm interested in the Cam Newton part of this because you mentioned teams didn't seem willing to trade for him because they assumed that Carolina would cut him anyway. Are you surprised we're sitting here in May and and Cam still doesn't even have suitors much less a team yeah 
you you would have think there would have been now i get cam newton wanted starter money you know i understand he's been in the league all this all this time and he wants that kind of money but you know we have to look at the market now and the fact that um you know you look at a guy like andy dalton right andy dalton gets cut by the Bengals and then almost immediately signs with the dallas cowboys as a backup Jameis winston only signs for one million dollars with the saints which i i think it if you ask me, that's tremendous value. You know, we, yeah, he had the 30 interceptions, but he still threw over 30 touchdowns to only pay him $1 million as a backup. I think is tremendous value. So cams eventually, Don't worry, gonna, they're paying Taysom Hill a bunch of money. Well, to be a exactly. Too. Yeah. But it balances out. You're giving 10 million a year to Taysom Hill. And then they go and they draft a Taysom Hill 2.0 in a, in Tommy Stevens, who I was stunned got drafted, but that's, that's the side's point. Um, cam Newton's going to have to understand that there's really not, starting positions available anywhere i mean the only thing the only team i can maybe think of would be jacksonville but i'm content to say jacksonville is ready to either roll with gardner Minshew or i think they're they could be the favorite to land trevor lawrence in 2021 so cam at this point is probably just gonna have to settle for a backup job somewhere whether that's seattle or i mean i've, I've pegged new england but at this point new england looks set on jared stidham so I'm surprised he doesn't have a team yet, but I get why he doesn't have a team yet. You you mentioned um, the the 2021 class, Trevor Lawrence. It, I, I'm wondering about Carolina because they didn't make a, a huge commitment to Teddy Bridgewater in terms of the the contract. It's not like they're paying him, expecting him to turn into, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes. So why not? First of all, why not draft a quarterback this year? And if not this year, is it the idea that, okay, they're just they're identifying a culture that they want to set and then in a year or two try and find that franchise quarterback? Because it's not like from their position at seven, they couldn't have moved up for Tua or they couldn't have taken Justin Herbert or, you know, couldn't have found a way to, to get Jordan Love at some point. Obviously, the Packers ultimately took him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you another name that I had pegged from time to time as a potential quarterback option here in this draft and that was Jalen Hurts yeah you know I, I thought Jalen Hurts would have been a nice fit for you know Joe Brady and give him time to develop and they obviously had the opportunity to take him until um, you know they passed on him in round two and then out of nowhere the Philadelphia Eagles take him which stunned stunned the hell out of me I don't know about you but yeah it shocked me <laughs> uh, let's give Carson Wentz 100 million dollars guaranteed and then draft a quarterback in the second round but <laughs> again um, so yeah you know it was a little surprising they didn't take a quarterback. E- even in the later rounds, I thought Anthony Gordon could have been an op- a potential pick. I thought uh, James Morgan could have been possible. So there were some of these names. So it could just be that you know they're trying to set some kind of identity. It, it was just all about getting talent now to kind of help out Teddy Bridgewater. At least they did that in free agency. And then it was just about fixing the defense um, in the draft. So... And it's not like, and I do want to correct myself a little bit here. It's not like they gave Teddy nothing. I mean, we're right. talking I mean, about you know, six a year, absolutely right. Sixty plus million over three years is not nothing, uh, but it is a contract that they can get out of after two seasons. Right. And I don't think anyone. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone thinks he's the long term solution in Carolina. 
No, no, this is a, I, I, I equate this as kind of a, a bridge scenario, you know, maybe a two year bridge scenario. Uh, they, they seem to like PJ Walker. Obviously there was, there's the temple connection there. PJ yeah. Walker played the temple while Matt rule was there. And, you know, we saw how, how strong he was in the XFL. Now, again, there's obviously going to be a learning curve because you're going from the XFL to the NFL. Defenses are going to be a lot smarter, but still in all, he showed a pretty good arm. So I'm really interested in what the plan with him is going to be. And I'm curious too, how much faith they have in Will Greer. I think not taking a quarterback in the draft might've been pretty telling for a guy like Will Greer, because you ship out Cam Newton, you get a fifth round pick for Kyle Allen, which was very surprising. So, but again, you start looking at, you know, next year's class, they very well could be in play for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. If the season goes South, like, it very well could, but if you don't get those guys, you're probably looking at Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. Uh, you know, there's Sam Ellinger. I actually just did a, a write-up for PFN on Tanner Morgan, who I am intrigued intrigued with a little bit, and I'm excited to see what he does in 2020 if we have, you know, a 2020 college season. You know, so there's some interesting quarterback names to look for next year as well. So, yeah, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the long-term answer, but I think for now it's fine because – he has the connection with Joe Brady from their year together in New Orleans. So the Panthers have been a weird team this offseason. It feels like they yeah. plan, they have a plan, then it feels like they don't have a plan. I don't know. It, or that it's a bad plan, one or, of those two. I mean, what, it's the, just, the, the part of it that really strikes me as as odd, and this is this is, you know, I think we can we can wrap on this for us, uh, is it seems like they built a team that is good enough to win seven games, eight games, but clearly not good enough to win 10 or 11, even if everything breaks right. I mean, unless Derek Brown becomes, you know, Warren Sapp, um, (laughs) and maybe even then. So, I mean, this is year one of this, of this team. So why not go full rebuild, I guess is my question. But my question for you is, Am I am I on track here? Do you think that this is this is a six, seven, eight win team, and then that you know now they're picking in the mid teens next year rather than picking in the top five where they probably should be? Yeah, no, I I, I could see that scenario too, Peter. I, I agree that they'll probably win a few games just from you know talent alone. I think um, just some of their playmakers they they might be able to score some points and hang with some of their teams. Um, you know, a team like Washington, that game could be winnable for them. Um, Arizona could be a winnable game, but just in the division they're in, you know, it's tough. It, it's it's a tough division. And then they play you guys, obviously, in, in your division. I mean, the Packers obviously are going to be a tough opponent for them. The Vikings, um, the Lions are intriguing because the Lions look like they're going to be a team now that just kind of want to grind it out, right? It feels like they're going to be a running team because they went and they drafted uh, DeAndre Swift in the second round. And unless the, the Panthers rush defense all of a sudden com- completely does a 180 from last season, you know, the Lions might be able to be able to have success with them. And then, of course, the AFC West. I mean, you know, I, I talked with the, the Chargers guy and we just talked about how much speed on all these offenses there is now in the AFC West and the, yeah. the defense on paper now for the Panthers. I don't know if they're going to be going to be able to handle some of these guys. I mean, Tyreek Hill's probably going to shred them. You've got all the speed now in the Denver offense with Jerry Judy and uh, KJ Hamler. Oakland, of course, added about a million wide receivers, including Henry Ruggs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even the chargers have a, an, 
an intriguing team and, you know, a, a good offense and a really good looking defense. So there's not a lot of winnable games, I think, on this Panthers on this Panthers schedule. But again, you know, just with the way they might be able to score some points, they might be able to steal a couple. And then, yeah, depending on where they're sitting in the draft will be will be really fascinating to watch. And if they try to make a play for probably at least Justin Fields, because let's face it, if you don't get the number one pick, you can kiss Trevor Lawrence goodbye. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, I want to thank Bill for coming on the show. Always great to talk to him and a ton of turnover in Carolina. So we had a lot to get to with that one. A lot more to get to next week. We've got the Josiah DeGuara Rookie Orientation Series. We've got the A.J. Dillon Rookie Orientation Series. I've got a Kamal Martin Rookie Orientation Series in the works. And we've got the Bachelors, Nick Vile, Packers, super fan, and a lot more to get to next week and the week after that. We are building toward what looks like NFL football. We're also going to talk next week about a fascinating column written by Andy Herman with Packer Report about what the Packers' window could be with Aaron Rodgers here and and what the circumstances would be to make a trade happen. And we're also going to talk about Tony Fauci's conversation, excuse me, Dr. Tony Fauci's conversation with Peter King about the circumstances under which an NFL season could actually happen. It's funny that there are some teams talking about, the NFL is talking about college campuses and, and some of these bubble models. And the Packers have always had training camp at St. Norbert's. It's always been a bubble for them. So something to keep in mind that this is something the Packers have have been doing for years. We're going to get to all of that coming up here in the days and weeks to come. So best thing you can do is follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski to make sure you don't miss any of it. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 
341-3775 to stay locked on Packers. 